Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 8 is where we find ourselves this morning. Luke chapter 8 is we just go through the book of Luke, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. Verse 11, now this parable is this, the seed is the word of God, the logos of God. What is the seed? The seed is the promise of the Messiah. What is the word of God? It is Jesus. What is the word of God preach? The salvation that comes through Jesus alone. What do we receive when we receive the seed into our lives? We're receiving Jesus. And so the seed is consistent. The seed is the word of God. And this parable... The quality is is evident. The quality is always in the seed. You realize that? It doesn't matter who the sower is. It doesn't matter what the, the ground is. The seed is perfect. The sower may be somebody who's an agronomist who understands soil composition, understands nitrate levels, pH balance, and understands everything to do with the nutrition and, and the composition of the soil. And, and on the perfect day of the year, uh, he can plant that seed at a perfect depth with the perfect sunlight and the perfect amount of water and moisture and fertilizer, and that seed will grow into something beautiful. But a three-year-old child with a crumpled up pack of seeds can go out into his backyard and grab those seeds out of the little crumpled pack and throw them along the edge of his mom's flower bed and something's going to grow. I always love it on Easter when, when they do that, and often they do. On Easter, they get those little Dixie cups, they fill them with dirt, they put a bean, a pinto bean down in there, and they water them, and then the kids come home with this little cup of dirt. And two days later, it's like, it's alive! You know, and it's just representing the resurrection. It's this little dead seed became something alive. And it doesn't matter if you're a two-year-old, a three-year-old, or a 45-year-old agronomist. Seeds sprout when they're put into the right conditions. And the seed, there's no problem with the seed. But there's a difference in the way it's sown, and there's a difference in the condition of your dirt. And so what is your dirt like? What is your dirty secret when it comes to the, the, the condition of your own heart? And that's what he's talking about. Verse 12, he says, Those by the wayside are the ones who hear, and the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. So the birds represent evil, or Satan, who comes and steals away the word of God from people's hearts. I was looking at my grass, and there's all these dead spots. I was noticing that again this year. But there's these dead spots in my lawn. And so I went out there, and I got a little scraper thing, and I scraped up the edge of the soil, you know, kind of rototilled it a little bit, and I threw the seed out there, and I watered and watered and watered, and nothing happened. And, and I was like, well, that's ridiculous. I guess the seed was bad. No, the seed wasn't bad. I was talking to a lady later on, and she was like, well, did you cover it with peat moss? 
And I was like, what's peat moss? She's like, you have to cover it with peat moss and then water because if you don't, early in the morning, the early birds all come and they land on your lawn and they eat that seed and it only takes a little while for about 45, 50,000 birds to come into your front lawn and eat all that seed and it's gone. And that's what happened. And and so I was like, okay. So she's like, come over to my house. I got a bunch of bags of peat moss. I'll give you some. She gave me some peat moss. And I went out. I did it again. Sprinkled the stuff. Put the peat moss down. Started watering. And guess what happened? Grass. I got my grass. And I was so happy. And I think that that's the way that it is. We oftentimes... You guys ever shared the gospel with a friend? And it just felt like it was... Bounced right off of him. You know, nothing's happening. You're like, this is a waste of time. It's not the seed that's the problem. It's the sower, and it's the soil, and it's the devil. You see, guys, we're in a spiritual battle, and you have to realize that the way that we we plant seeds is break up the ground, cover in peat moss, and water, and it will it will, it will grow. But we just think, oh, if I just tell them that they're going to hear, but they don't have ears to hear. And so you have to pray and break up the fallow ground through prayer. God, open their hearts. God, soften their hearts. God, work their ground. Break up the, the, the concrete in their heart. And you pray. You cover it in prayer. You, you pray to break up the ground, and then you cover in prayer. After you give the, the seed, you, you cover in prayer. It's, it's the work of God. You guys don't have the seed in you other than what's been put in you by the Holy Spirit. And it has to be God's work. We can't make people be born again. It doesn't matter how much you argue or complain or encourage or, or, or whatever. You're never going to do it. It's the work of God. And yet Satan is not going to give up his slaves that easy. He doesn't want to let go of them. And so we have spiritual warfare to do. We have to realize we're in a spiritual battle. But, verse 13, the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, who believe for what for a while, and in t- time of temptation they fall away. So when someone's a stony ground here, th- th- there's they have no root in themselves. This person has no depth of commitment. They have no heart towards repentance. And, and I often see this, you know, perhaps their, root, uh, their reason for faith is their friends. Well, I go to that church because my friends go there to church. So I made that commitment, or I said that stuff because my friends said it. It's just the popular thing to do. The, maybe it's the church experience or the personality of the pastor or family. And when things go wrong, when temptation comes, promised trials and persecutions and things that we're going to have as Christians... They're offended, and they quickly fall away. This is a person who didn't have a proper motivation for believing. I, I see this in a lot of, uh, of people when they make professions of faith over the years because they like the person. I like her, so I like Jesus. Or I like him, so I like Jesus. I remember years ago there was a guy who he came to church for a couple of years because he liked the girl, and then she dropped him like a hot rock. And he was kind of stuck with, am I really a believer? And he ended up getting saved. He confessed to me, I'm not a believer. I haven't, I've just been kind of going along with the flow. And so he got saved. But that doesn't always happen. Oftentimes they just go away. This person didn't have the proper motivation for believing. And I, it's, it's sad. This is what we know is a false convert. You know, and this is what the Bible talks about when it talks about false converts. I think the church is full of these types of people today. I just hope that's not your dirty secret. 
that you're not here because you have the wrong motivation for believing. He describes the thorny ground here, verse 14. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they heard, go out and are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. So this is a person who's just like the stony ground here. They they show, they start to grow up, you know, look like there's something there. And they stay within the church. This is the problem with this person is they don't just run away. They're just kind of hanging out there. But they never have any fruit that's really shown. Now... With expositional constancy, we can pull from John 15, where John, where Jesus says that, you know, I'm the vine, my father is the vine dresser, and then that some are going to be, if they bear no fruit, he's going to cut them down and throw them into the fire. This person hears the word, it takes root, they know the truth, but they're stuck on their butt. But I don't want to give that up. But I'm so busy. But I have to make a living. But I love the world more than I love Jesus. And I think all of us, to some degree, have those things in our lives. You know, maybe you are bearing fruit, but there's those doors. Those, you know, Jesus has moved in, but there's some doors that you haven't let him. You're not going in that room. There's no reason for you to go in there and look in that, Jesus. He's keeping that door shut. It's filled with weed, you know, (laughs) or or something, you know, right? (sighs) Satan wants you to be focused on this life and what he has to offer. He doesn't want you to be set free. Don't let that be your dirty secret. Verse 15, he says, But the ones that fell on good ground are those who, having heard the word, with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Remember earlier Jesus said that he who has an ear to hear, hear. And the question we have to ask ourselves is, do I have ears to hear? These are the ones who bear fruit. What is fruit? What's the expositional constancy for fruit? What does the Bible say fruit is? The fruit of the Spirit is love, right? Love. I, I, you know, my problem is, is I have this list memorized in like two different versions. And so, it's, and it's not New King James, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. When we abide in Jesus, we bear fruit. And the fruit is love. What is that love? It's love for God. It's love for His people, the church. And then it's love for the people who are lost. It's, it's that love for the world, not the worldly things, but for the people who are lost. And, and if I don't have that, then I might go back to the Lord and say, Lord, my soil is not right. I don't have love. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening, and remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.